Hey everybody, welcome to the Headspace Invaders podcast. This is officially episode two, although we have gotten together more than that. Uh, we apologize for disappearing for a while, but sometimes life gets in the way. Um, we're going to do our best to get together on a weekly basis. We mentioned in this episode, but I want to say it again, we are down an invader this time around. Our producer, Johnny Baxley, is out of commission due to a pretty serious accident. We wish him a speedy recovery and we look forward to his contributions in the future. Um, one thing I must say uh, that we may not have made clear in the past, and for those of you who know us personally will understand, we are not experts on any one subject. We're just two guys who really enjoy getting together and talking about nerdy things. We also enjoy pints and whiskey. And although coffee might be a better stimulant for conversation, whiskey loosens the lips and allows us to open up and admit things that we truly believe and not be beholden to popular thought. Feel free to critique us and correct us, and call bullshit on anything we say. Um, speaking of bullshit, a few errors that I'd like to point out. It's the 70th Explorers, not the 75th. I apologize for getting the name wrong in the podcast. Please, please check out their website at 70thexplorers.com to learn more about their uh, excellent organization. You can find information about them, the many fundraisers in which they're involved, and if you're curious about how to join them, we, there's a link for that too. I also apologize to Denise Crosby for insinuating that David Crosby was her dad. Having said that, enjoy the podcast, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Here we go, episode two. All right. Hey, and welcome back to uh, Headspace Invaders. Yeah. Dot whatever, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. It's um, been a minute. But uh, that's okay. I mean, you know, life gets busy sometimes, and we had some situations arise that kind of have curtailed us a little bit, but um, we're back now, and hopefully on a much more consistent basis. Um, and we don't have our, our regular producer tonight. Yeah, our Johnny Baxley guy, is. Johnny Five is uh, is out of commission. Um, we have Steve the Dalek here instead. Steve but, the Dalek. But... Uh, yeah, Johnny had a, a bit of a situation happen. Didn't yeah, he? he had a uh, scooter accident uh, a few weeks back, and it kind of um, it made him immobile, and he's kind yeah. of trapped in his basement. And I'm sure he's inventing a uh, perpetual motion device or something because that guy he, never stops. Yeah, he is now Steve Austin officially. He is the six dollar man. Six, yeah, six hundred lira man. <laughs> six hundred peso man. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, we wish him the best. Um, he's, he seems to be recuperating just fine, so he'll be back at it pretty soon. Yeah, he's got um, a lot of drugs right now, I think. Yes, he does, yeah. Not recreational. Well, maybe recreational, too. I don't know. A little of both, yeah. But uh, medicinal, a lot of opiates. Yeah, for sure, mm. for sure. Chasing, we, um, chasing the dragon. So we haven't, we haven't recorded in a while. We haven't gotten together. Well, we have, but we've just had some technical difficulties, which I think we've resolved tonight, and I, right. guess, I guess we'll see in the next few days. But How we long also, did it take us? Uh, we started at nine and and eleven eleven when that creeped you out was right when <laughs> right. we finished up. Oh um, no, yeah. no, my eleven eleven fixation. It uh, keeps popping up. Um, I, I we, need to get that tattooed on me somewhere or something. I don't. You know. should. Uh, yeah. That might be a little like lost though. You know, number tattoos sometimes weird me out. Yeah. But, yeah. Who knows? Maybe it's meant to be. No, I thought maybe if I did like a like a clock face and did the hands at eleven minutes past eleven, so it wouldn't actually be numbers. In a oh, way, you know, right? Yeah, it would be. No, actually, you know, you're. I'm showing my stuff here because obviously I've given it some thought. You know that 
oh I could totally do that and it would look kind of cool if it made it look like Roman numerals too so like a po- like an old pocket watch and just had the hands roughly where 1111 would it just around. be like XI XI is that 1111 yeah it is XI XI yeah, you know how I know that now you're going to see that everywhere fuck you <laughs> <laughs> you know I know I know that because it's uh, from uh, uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade alright yeah number 10 which was the X X marks the spot XI obviously Right. QED right there. Um, yeah. Roman yeah. numerology. Who knew we knew all about it? Yeah. I yeah. didn't. Simpsons and Raiders. That's that's Indiana Jones. Uh, we do have um we do have a podcast in the can that's just kind of sitting there, but it's a little dated now. Right. We were invited to the Hobbit premiere back in December from the um, Alamo Draft House. They uh, they gave us a couple tickets, told us to come check it out, and uh, it was it was pretty cool. We had so there were some people out there in costume. We talked yeah. to, uh, there was a Bilbo there. Yeah. There was a couple of elves there. Was there was elves. We actually sat beside some elves, too. We sat beside some elves, yeah. I really creeped them out, I'm sure. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. We talked to a bunch of people. Lots of beards were there. Lots of beards, yeah. Um, Dwarves and otherwise. Yeah, right. talked to some people before the show and before the movie. Got some, um, you know, some feedback and found out whether people's expectations were met or whether they weren't met. But And then we got, we, we got a little drunk uh, during a, the show. A little. Three-hour movie. Yeah, yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, but that had, had nothing a, to do with you know why we don't have it posted yet. But no. so I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna keep that in the can and we're gonna we're gonna release it like as a special episode probably maybe towards the build up maybe in the summer like when they release the the new trailer to the Desolation of Smog right. or something like that. So that's the idea. So it'll be like a flashback, yeah. like a blast from the past, so to speak. But back to back hobbits. Back to back hobbits. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, but you know, we we the the podcast has kind of kind of but we've been sl- we have been slacking, but the uh, the people following us on like Facebook and Twitter have not. Um, we uh, there's still a little bit of life left on the Twitter feed. Hopefully, we can create some resurgence there and get some life back into the Twitter feed. Um, we do have 26 new followers, Davey. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that. Or not. I did not know that. Yeah, wow, 26 amazing. new followers. New followers since October, and you should follow us too uh, at H Space Invaders. Yeah, so or or like us on Facebook. It's uh, Headspace yeah. Invaders. All we one have word. witty quips and strange pictures and pictures. Yes, lots of pictures. You know, random um, ass pictures. Yeah, but yes, yeah, well, uh, we have a couple of followers though. A couple of D bag followers. Oh my god. Yeah, that David Colgan one. Yeah, just don't just. And that Adam Project too. Yeah. Two one two four three. Yeah, don't worry about unfollowing him because he doesn't tweet a whole lot, so oh. you, don't have to, you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> he doesn't have much to say, does no, he? No, no, he's a creeper. <laughs> but I, uh, yeah. but we do have some cool people that that follow us, uh, like Ryan McGuire. Yeah, he's a huge trekking man. He's he makes it his life to hunt down uh, autographs. He's met like the entire cast of every show everywhere. And I mean, he goes to Montreal to meet him. He goes to Japan to meet him. Wherever there's a convention, if there's someone there whose autograph he doesn't have or picture, he. He hunts him down. He's he's dedicated trekking. Some might say that's an obsession. Adam. Uh, he would say it was an obsession. Yeah, right. he full on admits it. Um, we also have um, like like Casey Dwyer. She's a friend of the show. She's a friend of ours um, at like the city eight one six. And you should. I, I would heartily recommend following Casey. Uh, she's absolutely hilarious. Man. Yeah, she's very witty. She's really, really funny. Oh, much funnier than we are. Oh God, yeah. We should get her on the show, maybe. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there is um, the My Name is Bane. Um, I've been reading some of those tweets. It's just a collection of like uh, Bane quotes from the movie, but they're all pretty poignant, pretty good stuff. Because I don't know about you, but I couldn't understand what Bane was saying during the uh, I don't know what kind of guy. Well, uh, on Blu-ray, I did. In the theater, there were a lot of things that slipped past me. I had to watch it again, but so. I don't know what 
what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. So, thank well, God. I, you know, it sounded like to me, you know, growing up where I grew up, I mean, we used to hear, you know, those old recordings of Winston Churchill and stuff. And that's all I kept thinking of. Like, oh, he sounds like a muffled Winston Churchill. Sure. He kind of looked like a muffled Winston Churchill too, let's be honest, but uh, maybe more physically imposing than Winston Churchill. <laughs> Just but, a little bit. But uh, he's, you know, that whole kind of, I, I love that. I actually thought that was really weird and quirky enough to kind of really Oh, yeah, it was, it was comic book villain for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I really. Have I ever told you about, like, have you watched Star Trek Nemesis recently? Um, uh, well, I know he's in it, but, um, but I he's in it. The, he is. He's the man. Yeah, he's the bad guy. He's the, he is he's the, the bad guy. He's the clone of Patrick Stewart. Right. And who Johnny was Picard. raised in a cave. Right. In a hole with some slaves. And now he's Sounds back. It's a lot like. Yeah, watch it. So watch basically, it. Look he at was the parallels. twice. It's unbelievable. I never it thought is, about that. Unbelievable. Watch Nemesis again. Um, if you ne- someone needs a reason to watch that movie because no one else is watching it, but you should check it out. I don't, I don't get that. I mean, that film so fucking panned Nemesis, and I don't get it. I don't know why. I actually really enjoyed that one. Now, the one be- prior to that, um, uh, which I can't even remember the, the name of it right now, it's terrible. Um, well, was that the one where they Insurrection. Were- oh, yeah, my God. No, it was, was so terrible. bad. That was yeah. such a bad film. Yeah. But Nemesis was quite good, I thought. And then yeah. you had the whole data thing at the end. Yeah. It was. I, I thought that was a really, really yeah, good film. Right, yeah. you know. And, you know, Tom Hardy is just... You yeah, know, he was. He was great. I say, I say he was young then. It yeah. wasn't like it was thirty years ago, but it was like two thousand two or two thousand three, yeah. I think. But yeah, so. kind of. Got, it was the death knell for the, the Star Trek Next Generation franchise in the in the, in the movie theater, which is sad. But. Uh yeah, I think it was. But yeah. you know, then we wouldn't probably have J.J. Abrams reboot, which is right. But with the J.J. Abrams, we don't have Walter Koenig, who yeah. I saw last September at ConX. Who also follows us on Twitter? Connex, God love them. Segway. Everybody yeah. needs to follow uh, Connex KC at Connex KC, and and you were there last year. I was there. You and know where what? was it at again? It was at the Ramada Inn in well, North Kansas City. Yeah, with uh, Denise Crosby as well. Uh, interesting fact about Denise Crosby: uh, Star Trek nerd alert. Uh, <laughs> she is, on the, and I don't know why I know this, but she's the granddaughter of Bing Crosby. Not Bing Crosby. Bing. No I, way. Bing, I used to beat my kids, Crosby. Oh, I thought she was really the Saint David Crosby. Songs is is her, her granddad. So isn't like David Crosby her dad, though? No, too? I, no I don't. I think she's related to David no, Crosby. Box. That sounds yeah. like nonsense. No, I, we're, I right, we're, we're going to go to the internet after the break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to resolve this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, Connex was cute. It was a small, it was really small. Um, just a small, cute little horror sci-fi Comic-Con and I Koen- mean, was Koenig was the headliner? Koenig, Koenig was the headliner, yeah. I just have this idea of, because I knew that you could uh, you could purchase dinner with the stars or whatever, dinner with the people who were the, sure. the speakers. Oh, yeah. And I just have this weird uh, image of Koenig sitting, Walter Koenig sitting in a, in a lukewarm hot tub <laughs> with some really bad champagne and you. And like little smokies, you know, you know and on you toothpicks. And you kind of yeah. like just staring at you uncomfortably, you know. Yeah, uh, just hanging out. And his hair, because he has that hair that just is impeccable, you know, from the from the moment he was on Star Trek, the original series. Oh, you yeah. Know, he had that huge kind of mop of hair. Like, like, like David Jones from The Monkeys. Yeah. Kind of that same it, thing. What yeah. was this? It was, I think that was the vibe, you that know. He wanted a young, young, like 18. He was a kid at that on that show. Yeah. He's the youngest one by far. And uh, he still has that kind of fixed kind of mop almost wig like head of hair i wouldn't I, i'm sure it's not a wig he, I, give him the benefit I don't think he was the youngest and we'll come back to that later well I, i'm talking about the original series though oh okay um, yeah, yeah so right so. i i was just gonna say i will i think i'm pretty sure will wheaton is probably the youngest oh, like full-time castman will yes, wheaton. Your we'll talk about him later probably <laughs> yeah yeah um, it'll, that's gonna come up for sure 
Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, well, okay, so we connects, but um, you know, just this past weekend we went to the um, Planet Comic Con, which has kind of become this big, huge regional event now. Yeah, it, I would say even larger. I mean, regional for sure. I mean, because it's drawing like the public is from the region, but I mean, you have, we had there were a lot of big names there this year, mm-hmm. and not just the you know the, the guests. But we did see a film crew from the Nerdist there. I mean, that's, yeah, that's right. That's you know, that's that's that, legit. That, like that right adds there. some legitimacy Completely. to the for sure. Yeah. Completely. Um, yeah. And it was it was it was cool. I mean, it was fun, and it was you know it was good to go there and good to see those people, and 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 especially because we had been to former Planet Comic Cons, and the last yeah. time we went was about eight or nine years ago, and it was in the Overland Park Convention Center in Kansas. Yeah, and it's it was unbelievable to see how much it had grown. It's like watching right. like if you if you have like. Uh, nieces or nephews or cousins and you haven't seen them for years and like the last time you saw them they were like two feet tall and now they're right. like 12 years old and you're like holy shit right you know when you watch someone grow you don't get to really you know you don't you can't really fully right. understand how much they're changing but when you see eight years later how yeah. with the difference so yeah it was uh it was amazing man so just next like, time we won't go for eight more years yes eight years from now and we'll go and we will be fl- in flying cars around the uh convention center slash on our jetpacks yeah, yeah i mean you know how, right. how that goes it's the future yeah. we'll all be wearing uh, silvery jumpsuits and uh, but no it, you're right it was it was it was really cool just to see that, that how, how much it has grown and how much people have gone into it. and i think that says a lot for nerd culture the way it's kind of grown and it's, it, within the last five or so years maybe sure. even less amount of time. well yeah because you know when we went like eight years ago there was n- n- even in this inside the convention there was very very little cosplay there was like nothing almost nothing i don't even i don't remember i I vaguely remember like maybe you know some maybe someone from there may have been some five or first representation there but it wasn't maybe someone dressed up as a ninja you know possibly yeah someone got like some pirate costume because he happened to have it in his closet right but this year i mean even in the parking garage we saw people walking around in costume i mean this even on the street People, right. you know, walking to and from and you know, whatever. Yeah. People dressing up their kids as characters, you know, yeah. from, you know, from like Star Wars, Star Trek, or kids from kid shows. It was really, it was cool. And when we came with the escalator into the auditorium, and the, the first thing we saw was a clone trooper and, and a, a Jedi, Jedi. You know, we yeah. took some pictures of, of course. Yeah. But um, I, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, walking around and they had the... Um, What's the name of the the, the local stormtrooper Star Wars? Uh, there's the, the 501st is the, um, the national thing and then the... Uh, what is uh, I'm, the name eludes me now the um, I think it's like the 75th Explorers or something like that I'll have to look it up they're the local branch yeah, yeah. and definitely go check these guys out they do a lot of really cool stuff for um, charity they're like all kinds of charity events and like walkathons and um, they're everywhere um, more now than they were you know probably like like you said like eight or nine years ago right um, yeah but we saw some bloke dressed as a shoveler from Mystery Man which was kind of fun <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah that you was had kind of cool you had him posed with a with a with, with a boulevard a beer, yeah it yeah, was great was nice. that was that was kind of fun and he was he was cool and I guess he told us that his wife was the bowler but she did she decided not to come not that to day, come this year which, yeah. which was disappointing because I would have loved to see the bowler with the shoveler we did see a lot of couples in cosplay um, yeah. it was pretty cool um, a lot of couples and, and families and people with kids like complimenting their uh, their costumes saw a lot of Doctor Who man I mean, a lot of Doctor every Who. other costume yeah, was, was Doctor some Who. iteration yeah. of, um, and then, you know, they had the TARDIS was there. Uh, yeah. Moscow. Lots of Daleks Dalek everywhere. Um, a couple of canines. <laughs> um, I saw Peter Davidson, Doctor Who, you know, Tom Baker's. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I lost count of the amount of fezzes I saw and scarves and, and, and scarves and bow ties. And, yeah. you know, it just goes to show how, how much Doctor Who is kind of... I didn't see any Paul McGann or Sylvester McCoy Doctor Who's, though. 
No one dressed up as. A, I saw William Hartnell. We did see Martin. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. Me, come yeah, on, yeah. William Hartnell, hey, really? Good on that dude. That's all I'm saying. I think it was a girl. Oh, it was a girl. I think oh, it was oh, a girl. Good, good on her. Good, good on, on that yeah. girl, dude. Because there were a lot of fezes and a lot of suits and a lot of overcoats right. and. Uh, well, it, yeah. No Christopher Eccleston's though. Did you no, notice that? Like no. not a single one. Well, you know, I think Christopher Eccleston wants to forget he was Doctor Who yeah, too. So let's too, be honest. That's too bad, man. I really like Christopher. What, to be Christopher Eccleston, Doctor Who, just shave your head and wear a leather jacket. You know. Well, that's all you have to do. And right. Shout at people in, yeah. nor- in the northern English. That's accent. it. You wake up and you had forgotten that tonight was today was Comic Con. Fuck, I don't have a costume, <laughs> right. but I do have that long leather. You know, just jacket. walk around, and punch people in the face. Yeah. But uh, you know, and speaking of Doctor Who too. Uh, of course, the new season has started now on, on, on uh, BBC America over here. And uh, this is a big, big year for Doctor Who because it's the 50th. 50th, yeah. yeah. You know, so uh, I know they're, gonna, they're building up to this big special in, uh, later on in the, in the year, around November time. So, And I would assume, because we're, we've now caught up, that when they show those Christmas specials um, on TV, we get them like either that day or the following day. So sure. we'll probably get all this, in this at the same time it's shown on the BBC, which is great. You know, that's, that's what yeah, you no, want. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and I'm excited about that, but of course, yeah, you know, Tennant's in and Billy Piper's in, and um, so we'll we'll hopefully see. You know, I want to see Tom Baker, Peter Davidson, Colin Baker. I want to see them all. If, I'm sure if whoever's still alive, I, I'd love they're going to. Gonna see con- I guarantee. Even Paul McGann, I'd love to see him too. Yeah, you know, he'll be in it. Yeah, and that really shit TV. And movie they'll they'll get Eccleston too. He'll come around. I know. I don't have any doubt. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna hold so, out. I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you, I don't know. You're yeah. eternal optimist. I, I, yeah. No, I don't think so. You he's just, fr- you just don't. You, you don't like it because I, li- I, I enjoy Matt Smith. I think that he's a good doctor. Oh fuck that! Yeah. He's terrible. He is. And honestly, uh, yeah, like I said, the the new show started again this week, this last Saturday, and I watched it, and uh, it was fine. Um, it was one of those episodes where they did the whole romance kind of um, wishy-washy kind of ending you know the kind of giant world devouring demon was stopped by the doctor's memories yeah but you watched that tonight with the Craig Ferguson man that's the thing about <laughs> Doctor Who is is that you know uh, intellect and romance right. is and I, defeating I love brute that. force and tyranny I that's love that I love that cynicism but, yeah but don't fucking then set me up with this giant world eating world that's gonna be stopped by some dude's memories because he's been alive for thousands of years right, right. and actually it wasn't that that stopped him it was the, his new um, companion uh, companion um, Jenna Louise Coleman Clara and that, that's, that's an interesting arc there I think that kind of could turn out to be really cool because you don't because she's already been in like three of the episodes she was sure, in Christmas, yeah. Christmas so she was the Dalek and yeah, she was Dalek kind of cool so I, I'm, I'm interested to see how they take that you know because they tend to wrap those things up quite well I think yeah that, that's um, going to come back around yeah for sure but um, she stopped this world eating world which literally was a planet it right. was a planet that was the foe with a fucking leaf that right. her parents had found and it was just it was just really kind of disappointing I was like oh god you know right. but they painted themselves into that corner like they do sometimes so sure. I kind of knew it was yeah. coming who wrote but the episode do you know do you, it, I didn't any, take in it wasn't Neil Gaiman no. <laughs> um, he so, is writing one this yeah year. he is he's yeah. written one already and he really, really the doctor's wife the doctor's he wrote wife that, which is yeah, a great one fantastic um, yeah but uh, no, it was. Uh, I don't know who wrote it, but it was. I, I you could see it coming. Like, well, he's never going to be. Able, he, he's never going to be stopped this with his fucking song screwdriver. Right, right. You know, <laughs> uh, that's not going to happen. So it's going to be one of those kind of like, I'll stop you with my insert silly emotion. You know. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. You know, I get it. Like, I'll, I'll get off my rant. I don't like Matt Smith. I'll be glad when he's gone. But well, there were, there were, there were. What would you say? Uh, fezes aside, right. there were more David Tennant's. At the Comic Con than there were Matt Smiths. I didn't see one. 
David Tennant, really? Oh man, there were not a bunch. that I could remember. Yeah, they just didn't. You know what? They didn't they fall don't stand in. out that much. Nah, well, see, the thing is, they didn't fall. Those particular people didn't fall into my like, uh, you know, unofficial guideline for cosplaying rules. You know, they is- well, you know, like uh, again, it's 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 an organic list. It grows every day, but like, you know, know your fitness level. <laughs> that that you know for, for your costume. Like, right. if you're going to go in a Spider-Man or a Deadpool costume, you know. Maybe do some push-ups. Right. You know, work in a salad every or now and then. Or be an Ewok. Or be an Ewok. Or right. you know, there are plenty of full-figured, um, you know, heroes or villains Could out be there. Be the Ting. But I don't. Blob. I also. That's the other thing too is that I don't want to pigeonhole anybody into you know like I more power to a man like yeah I am so jealous of the someone being able to like you know I'm not super fit but there's no way I'm personally I'm going to put a Spider-Man costume on because I know how form fitting it is and then feel comfortable enough to go out there i would need to dress up like david Tennant with like a suit and like a coat (laughs) and you know something that uh that i would be feel comfortable in and that would be great um the other one the other thing too is i i don't like cross like cross genre costumes right you know i I don't need to see like well like i don't need to see like captain jack harkness with a lightsaber <laughs> you know like i you know i get it okay you know, so like, fucking yeah you know, don't like just because you wrote some slash fan fiction out there with you know captain jack harkness and han solo you know making the kessel run you know or something <laughs> uh, yeah you know li- li- like the the um the jango fett that you met that was like well i'm the jango fett from this uh, Clone Wars episode so, that never it was aired. It an obscure comic book or right, something. Obscure comic book. Because everybody thought he was Boba Fett because like, he had the red in this. Right, right, right. Like, I appreciate that, but I, I think right. if you have to explain your yeah. costume too much, yeah, you just should just be Boba Fett. Yeah, just say. And, 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 you know, like, I appreciate Like, if you in your head, you think you're Jango Fett from this <laughs> random, like, Japanese anime Star Wars that we don't have yet, that that's awesome. Right. But if a kid comes up to you and says, hey, you're Boba Fett, just go, yep. Right, I'm Boba Fett. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm Boba Fett. And I'm then when the kid walks away, he goes, Jango Fett. Yeah, yeah. Underneath oh, your breath. Yeah, Jango Fett kid. And then don't or or don't like be all smarmy and be like, whatever, dude. I'm from the alternate universe and blah blah blah. Like you know what? Save the smarminess because you know when you're at a sports bar and you don't understand what's going on with this fucking basketball nonsense and you go, oh, I don't understand what everybody's in basketball. That's the same thing. Right. When people don't ask you, when people ask you like, how do you not know who you know Fuzzy Zeller is? Um, you know, and you get upset and like, well, I don't really care about sports. Well, don't <laughs> don't use that same attitude when you're talking to somebody about your random obscure costume. But right, uh, we saw some amazing costumes. It was great, and and I love that. You know, um, the pyramid head um, and the, the the kind of melted face nurse from Silent Hill really yeah. creeped me out, and that was brilliant because I saw that film my brother years ago when he came over here um, uh, to visit me, and uh, uh, we were both that particular bit. You know. Every time you heard that wail, you know, from right. Silent Hill, yeah. we were like, holy shit, you know, <laughs> in the cinema together. And then when we saw that bit and it was right around, they had the crawling babies and it was, oh, that was really disturbing. Sure. And I don't think I've watched it since. And so then I saw them, there's like, and they were so good. Oh, and there were God, two girls and they were brilliant. Yeah. And the costumes were bang on. And uh, the nurse specifically, she had those quirky kind of jumpy moves, moves. down when she yeah, would walk. Yeah, that's it, man. She owned it. She owned, oh oh, that's God, the other thing is own so your good. costume. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You better be, if you're that person, be that fucking own person. It. Yeah. So she, they were so good. And that was, for me, the most impressive. I saw the Predators. They were good. They looked 
I don't think they looked like uh, I think the, the 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 Silent Hill people. That was obviously something that they put together themselves. Sure, yeah. Predators. I mean, they looked a bit too much. It was a full latex body Right, right. Suit. Like like store bought. And they also yeah. blanked us too when we tried to get a picture of yeah. them. Yeah. They were just like. Eh, we uh, but you know there. what? The the Hugh Jackman, and I say Hugh Jackman because it wasn't just Wolverine. That it was, guy was Hugh amazing. Jackman. He right. looked just like Hugh Jackman. Yeah, he. I mean, he looked like him. He was stacked. The dude was like. <laughs> Talk about fit. That yeah. dude was fit. Like, yes. He might even look more fit than, we, than the real Wolverine. I don't know. S- sometime in like 2001, when the original X-Men movie came out, that guy was like jackpot. <laughs> right. That dude, I hope I'm he makes money to the off. Gym. I really yeah. hope he makes money Man, he, he looked just like the guy. I mean, yeah, head to toe. Yeah. His uh, claws were kind of crap. Kind yeah, of but, clothes, yeah, but yeah, you know that's okay. I mean, all right he because, looked amazing. He had, yeah. you know, he had his like wife beat around. His hair was done. His locks were growing out. Yeah. You know what? Like I said, I hope he makes money out of it. Also, that guy that looked like Lou Ferrigno, holy Jesus! <laughs> the guy that was Lou Ferrigno. Oh yeah, that's right. The guy that was Lou. Ferrigno. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, Lou Ferrigno was cool because you know I, I remember watching that show when I was a kid. You know, so actually getting to meet the Hulk was the real original Hulk. You was. think we could have paid him a couple of dollars just to walk away slowly and take a picture of that, like for the backpack? You know, done the. <laughs> well, no, we well, that was Bill Bixby, Bill Bixby right? Yeah, yeah. Who's dead? So obviously that couldn't happen. Right. Um, but uh, Lou Ferrigno was cool. It was cool meeting him, but. You know, there was, there was a couple of things that we kind of queried a little bit when we walked away. <laughs> First thing was, like, it cost us basically $100, you know. Yeah. So we, we we blew $100 we, in about we, a minute, We got seconds. hustled by Lou Frigno. We The Hulk smashed our watts. Yeah. So, roar! At and this then, point, we should note that, um, so Lou Frigno is sitting at a, at a table with a younger girl um, with all of his, like, products out in front of him. And then directly to his left and to our right was a, giant like yeah. 10 foot at least like 10 foot tall. um incredible like incredible hulk statue right like i mean it was amazing it was huge yeah the line for people to have their picture taken with that statue was longer than the line to meet lou frigno the incredible hulk. the incredible hulk yeah the real hulk the real hulk but i will say this too it was three dollars to take your picture with the fake hulk <laughs> 60, 60 bucks for with Lou Frigno. So maybe that's why that long. I, I am hoping that all those $3 pictures, that money went to Lou Frigno. Me too, man. I mean, he obviously yeah. needs it. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, well, I mean, it, I, I would love to say that he was as nice as pie, but you know, Lou, Lou Frigno is obviously quite deaf too. So we couldn't really have a conversation with him. And yeah. We had, you know, and just in our excitement and like kind of geeking we were out, we're asking, asking questions. questions our, then, like, yeah, Boone was like, Hey, can you write stand tall on the back of my shirt as right. Boone was facing away from him? So Lou Frigno didn't hear him no at idea. all. And so when Boone looked at his shirt and it just said, you know, like Lou Frigno or to Boone, Lou Frigno, right. I uh, was like, Oh man, that's kind of a bummer. And like, well, He's deaf. He's deaf. Yeah. So. But it was still cool. You know, yeah, it was it still was. cool, but it made us, give, gave us pause for thought because, of course, George Takai was there who, um, me personally, has been. Oh, we did. We, we did get a picture of George Takai. We did from a distance. From a from distance. About 25 to 30 feet away. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of him laughing. Yes. Huh? Which that's, I can do. That's I, all we wanted. I can do my impression now. Let me see it. Let me hear it. It's uh, George Takai. Okay. Ha! <laughs> So dead, dead on. My one impression. Where'd you go, Davey? <laughs> um, so it was cool. You know, we took a picture of him because I wasn't going to pay like whatever it was. To well, I think more than George anything, Takai. too, that like the George Takai line was really, really long. It was long. And like, you know, we, you know, we're not professionals, but we have very limited time on our hands. So we're like, it was more important for us to spend, you know, like, hey, let's. All right. We see George Takai, but let's not spend an hour waiting in line. But we have so much to see. In right. There. I mean, there were 
so many vendors there. There was so many like so many ways dis- to spend your money. There was a shit ton of ways to spend your money. Yeah, there were. Um, let's see who else was there. Ray Park was there. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Lindsay yeah. Lindsay Wagner, um, Bionic Woman, the Bionic Woman. Yeah. Um, one one thing is kind of cool is uh, Adam Baldwin was there. I would have liked to have met him. Um, but again, his line was the second or third largest line. Yeah. I mean, that's you know all Firefly for sure. But I did just read something recently where um, do you are you from you familiar with Firefly at all? I mean, do you yeah, know? I love it, love that. Show. Okay, so you know there was the episode where they um they go to pick up the package and it's um the uh, the soldier that they had served with whatever yeah uh, but jane got a package too and it was the hat, the hat that is all right. right i remember that so his i guess sent it to him, right? his mother sent it to him right yeah so i guess there were um you know after the show went off the air they never licensed anything never did anything with anything because of the uh that you know the show never did any money for for fox or whoever um so all these other people kind of took it upon themselves to start like um m- making their own you know like products from the show and People were knitting those hats and then selling them mm-hmm. on Etsy, mm-hmm. and it got huge. Well, I guess ThinkGeek is a huge distributor of like really nerdy things. And it's you know kind of a great website, but they, after like so many years of people making these hats on Etsy and make you know you have your friends who knew how to knit would make you a you know that hat. Right. Um, Etsy found somebody to make that hat. Not Etsy. I'm sorry. ThinkGeek made somebody had somebody. They commissioned someone to make this hat so they could sell them on their website. And in order to sell them on the website, they had to officially license them. Well, once they officially licensed that product, Fox stepped in and shut down of all did. of these of Etsy sites. They did. Yeah, and it's kind of a big deal right now because there's all these people saying like, "Whoa, we're making them." I can't believe Fox did that. Fox, I know. Really, they don't Fox. make bad decisions. They're not terrible people. They're not owned by like a nut job. That's weird. No, no, no it really That's is. So it's weird. odd. Yeah. So there's this huge uproar of this like fan-based community who are making these cosplay pieces these hats you know like hey man don't cross the nerds dude uh, well, yeah it's Very huge powerful. right now yeah it's unbelievable i mean there's this whole fight right now on twitter between you know all these people are boycotting um think geek because they think that it's think geek is the one that's shutting them down and it's not so much you know like maybe think geek made the wrong decision by deciding to create this product but they're only creating a product that the consumers are you know there was a demand for you know what i want to say I want to see the Fox uh, Rupert Murdoch Empire be brought down over some woolly hats. Over a woolly hat. Not because of the hacking scandal in, in Britain uh, with the News of the World newspaper. I want it to be a fucking woolly hat that brings that yeah, that's, son of a bitch down. That's what it's going to be. Let's do that, man. I'm yeah. down with that. Yeah. So, But, you know, right next to um, Adam Baldwin, just to his left or his right, was Will Wheaton. Yeah, Mr. Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Who we saw at a distance because we didn't want to wait in that line. Well, that line was the longest line. It was the longest and line. Yeah. We got there early on the Sunday, and it stayed. It got longer as the day went on, and it stayed as long. I mean, it, it was yeah, just. No, it never and went I down. couldn't. I was trying to wrap my head around. Like, I mean, like for me, the headliner. I think the true headliner. Well, you could you could tell it when you walked in the door was Takai. Sure. Because he was in the number one spot. Yeah, he was. He had and the actually, pole position. You had Lee Merriweather, which whatever, and then you had Lindsay Wagner. Yep. I mean, and Lindsay Wagner's a notable actress, aside from the Bionic Woman stuff. And then you had Will Wheaton. Um, but Will Wheaton's line was the longest line of the whole day, all day. All day. And I'm sure it was like that all weekend. Yeah. And uh, I, I was thinking, why is that? Like, what's the, what's the draw? And someone said, uh, a brighter spark than me, I guess, uh, was like, well, maybe it's the Big Bang Theory because he's on that show too. And you're like, oh, fuck, he is on that. 
he is an occasional uh, I think, I think guest star on that show. But like he's got two and a half million Twitter followers. He's sure. written books. He does the tabletop stuff. You yeah. know. I mean, he's still very active in social media, which Absolutely. is essentially if you're active in social media, you're active in the world. You know, that's the way yeah, it goes. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, like that's what Twitter is about. So, uh, but but the Big Bang Theory. I mean, it looked like there was a lot of younger people. It was. Who wouldn't necessarily have watched uh, the Next Generation. No. Um, or wouldn't have watched Stand By Me, you know, or Toy Soldiers, you know, the stuff that he was in. So I, I was, I, I don't know, maybe it is the I Big Bang Theory. Does the Big Bang Theory have that much of a draw with nerds? Because for me, as a nerd, it's I, it's I think it's fucking awful. I yeah. hate that bloody show. Yeah. I think it's it's on borderline insulting. It's just, cra- it's just, and it's just, it's got the laugh track. It's the right. lowest common denominator, you know. I mean, yeah. I, I really do, I'm not a fan of that show I think of all whatsoever. the people there, he had the broader generation of fans yeah, you know, he, he had t- old fans from touched us yeah he touched the kids that sounds weird I probably shouldn't have said that but hey <laughs> it's he Will did. Wheaton he's my oh, yeah, yeah. I just have to say right now Headspace Invaders we do not think that Will Wheaton touched kids no <laughs> no of course not that's no. just ridiculous yeah. but uh, but Will Wheaton um, you know we, we were obviously very excited he was coming to Kansas City too I mean, sure, just like yeah, the yeah. whole city was and and uh, um, in in my role is what I do from a day to day and work for a local brewery here Boulevard Brewery and um, I know Will Wheaton because I follow him on Twitter too I don't know him but I follow him on Twitter I know he's a <laughs> I know he's a huge beer fan big big beer fan like a craft beer fan he's a home brewer and um, just a kind of a quick story we tried to kind of invite him to the brewery to Boulevard to kind of like um, come and uh, uh, you know give him we could give him a tour myself and some some brewers who work there too and uh, we all kind of hit him up on Twitter. We used our bo- the Boulevard account to invite him. And it wasn't just you, though. It was his fans, too. It was his fans then kind of chimed on. And you should definitely, if you're in Kansas City, you should definitely go to Boulevard. You yeah. know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great brewery. We make great beer, and we're good people. And um, we didn't get a response. Not a, no, not even not a no, peep. Not an acknowledgement. And I know he's got 2.2 million Twitter followers. I get that, man. Sure. But he is in Kansas City. He did live in Topeka for a while, so I'm yeah. sure he's aware of us. He's a beer nerd, self-confessed. Yeah. Yeah. And I would have assumed, because I'm a beer nerd, I love beer too, um, so when I go out of town to other places, I seek out other breweries to go sure. to. And I just thought, like, well, this would be a great opportunity for me to meet him. And we wanted to take pictures of him at, like, the brewing controls, I mean, right, at the yeah, helm yeah. of our brewery, you know. Um, I mean, it would have been fun. I'm sure he would have enjoyed it. But um, he missed out on that opportunity. We missed out on that opportunity. And when we did see him on Sunday, we I know we did kind of chat about maybe kidnapping him. Uh, yeah, for sure. Or trolling him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and just like maybe just plastic bag over the head at the back door. <laughs> take yeah. him out to the brewery. Kidnapping him to the brewery, force feeding him beer. Force feeding him good yeah. beer. Yeah. You know, maybe feeding Horrible. him too. Um, Atrocious. Showing him around the place, you know, yeah. um, giving him the time of his life. But, uh, and then per- perhaps writing a movie about it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. we yeah. thankfully. That movie writes itself. <laughs> yeah. And thankfully we didn't do that, though. Yeah. Uh, we kind of. Yes, we thought about it though. Yeah. Um, but uh, Will Wheaton, you know, I'm sure he's a lovely fella. And, sure. Uh, uh, you know, maybe someday if he wants to come by the brewery, you know, uh, we'd love to have him. And uh, I think we're going to do a the next beer we release. If we we're looking for a name, I think it'll be like I uh, we'll call it the uh, Will Wheaton hates Boulevard beer <laughs> IPA or something. Like yeah, that. yeah, I don't for know. sure. Um, yeah. But uh, Wesley know. Crusher's too young to drink beer. IPA. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wesley crushed my dreams. Yeah. Oh, he did. I've seen him at the brewery. Wow. Look at that. It just runs together, man. It does. It just, just, like you said, it writes itself. Yeah, so that's the Will Wheaton story. Yeah. Um, We're, we're going to, we're going to change things up a little bit here at the, at the old uh, Headspace Invaders uh, soon. 
Um, I know we talked before about having guests on, and uh, we're still going to do that. We're going to try and have guests on every every show. Yeah, right? frequently, this show. hopefully, yeah, for sure. Um, but hopefully from now on, you know, at least the majority of the shows will have different people on. But we're also going to have a regular contributor too, and that's going to be uh, Jill Six, who is... Um, um, I guess the, the, the scream queen of Kansas City. Of Kansas City. Uh, little Dead Riding Hood. <laughs> um, wow. She, yeah, just, isn't that yeah. amazing? Yeah. Um, and uh, she, basically Jill, is a, she's a great girl, um, lives here locally in town, and she hosts um, Slaughter Movie House, um, which is um, the first Monday of every month at Zara Bar um, on Grand Street. Um, uh, and it's free. And what she, exactly, what would you, how would you describe it? What would you, what is it? Well, she shows um, either um, in local or independent horror movies, sure. whether they be you know slightly older or new. Um, she does get like yeah, new stuff, or she shows shorts, but not necessarily too. mainstream. No, horror movies. no, yeah. this is you know uh, you know kind of creepy, kind of gore fests, um, you know, and it's it varies a lot. But she shows you know small independent films that maybe haven't had or have just a large been given, release or whatever. Just, but, yeah. yeah, just been given like a, a word of mouth release. You sure. Know? Um, just to kind of highlight, you know, independent filmmakers. And then she also shows classics too. Um, like she showed uh, House on Haunted Hill recently. Um, she showed, uh, around Christmas time, she showed Carrie. And yeah. she does things in association then with Screenland the-, the Screenland Theatre Group here in Kansas City too, which are, you know, local theatres. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, but she did Black Christmas at Christmas time. Oh. And have you ever seen Black yeah. Christmas? Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, no, it's terrifying. Now, that, uh, Margot Killer on that too. Yeah. And then we talked about, the, we touched on this, I think the last time we talked. But that's just one of the scariest films ever for me. What's what? What would be yours? Uh, I, this the I would say the scariest movie that had the biggest impact on me um, would have been when I was younger. It was um, what's that? Shit! God, that Silent be... Night, Deadly Night. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, uh, that's one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's I, a Christmas thing too. Yeah, that's and that's what's funny is I think I saw it when I was maybe eleven years old. Right at Christmas, relative close to Christmas time. So you were um, all happy and jolly about Santa. Yeah, coming. it was me and three other guys. And then we, Santa came in and murdered all those families. Yeah, there was just Lovely. scenes that kind of stick with you from that movie. Um, That's a good one, though. That's uh, a good eighty seventies eighty slasher film. The other movie that really creeped me out too was, and it was just again, it was it made an impact because I was younger. Was the original Phantasm, and I don't remember. Yeah. I can't remember where I would have seen it because I would have been young, really young. Right? Yeah, really young. But I remember. It creeping the bejesus out of me. I remember me. seeing the ads about on that about that film on TV. Yeah. You know, the ball was, with the, yeah. the spike. I, mean, I, I don't think it was the best movie ever made. I don't think it was the best scary well, movie classic, ever made. man. But I think it's that movie like... I, tall man. I remember you know like watching it then and just being scared having the fucking daylight scared out of yeah. me but it was because I was younger. Tall it's, man. It, Reggie. The character Reggie in there. Yeah. It's, the second one was fun because it the second one took a lot from like Evil Dead Two, you know, with the chainsaws, it got campy. chainsaw fights. Yeah, which yeah. is which is fun too. Yeah, it was fun too. But yeah. Phantasm was a really scary with like those little troll creatures and the slipping people into the other dimension. That yeah. was that was a good one. Yeah, those are. I, and again, I think it was my age more than anything else. I think that, you know, as you get older, you realize the entertainment value of movies and they become a little less creepy. But, yeah, yeah, but those two had the biggest impact. I think. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. Go ahead. Oh no! Just like the Friday Thirteenth and yeah. Halloween's and uh, Texas and, uh, Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, those you know, growing up, they didn't really scare me so much, but I did appreciate them. You know, I like them. I like the shock. I like the mm-hmm. you know. The, you know, I loved um, Jacob's Ladder. Jacob's Ladder, really creepy. 
Yeah. Oh man, that really yeah. messed me up. I mean, I was in a weird place in my life at that time, and it wasn't really Tim Robbins. That, yeah, yeah. I wasn't yeah. very happy just generally as a person. Sure. And uh, uh, still living back home in Ireland at the time, and I remember going to see that film. I was like, I don't think I should. Like I'd heard about, it, I was like, I don't think I should go see this film. This is too fucked up for me. Right. Yeah. I mean, my friends had gone seeing it, and they were like, Oh yeah, she thinks this man's crazy and telling me stories. Man, no, that sounds like my life almost. I can't. I don't want to. Like, I don't want something to push me over the edge. You know. I mean right. that. And then I went to see it anyway. And Jesus, I sat in the theater like on like, with my 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 legs pulled up to my chest for the whole thing. It was that was a. Once again, I don't think I've watched it since. You know, really. Oh yeah. And it was, you know, it had a very uplifting end, and you know, definitely, you know, and a, and a good. It was a good movie. I mean, all the way around. I mean. Very scary, very tense, and then had a, you know, kind of twist at the end, and then, sure. but it had an up, uplifting message though, you know, and uh, Macaulay Culkin in that too. Oh yeah, yeah, that's man. right. Yeah, you see that? Yeah. But uh, that was some of the images in that were, you know, Jesus, disturbing to say the least. I think that like growing up, we we watched a lot of every time we would go to like the local video store, like it's before Blockbuster, it would have like somebody's name. It was like you know john's video rental or whatever right um we you know we watch everything that was in the the horror section and you learn a lot by watching old scary movies like you know if you're camping and you hear noise in the woods don't go in the fucking woods or if you have to and your only choices to take with you are a shotgun and a flashlight just just take the shotgun right don't you know don't uh, (laughs) use your fucking head yeah 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 you know um but we have they have to get murdered and that's yeah. why it's entertaining for us. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, that one and I'd say uh audition for me too. Oh, so creepy. Oh, man, yeah. And so, like it scary. sneaks up on you creepy. You're just yeah. like watching it, you're like, Yeah, right. I don't understand what's so Oh yeah, it just it just creeps Did that up. That back on you. just move? Yeah. Know? Yeah, and the fucking needles. Ugh. Yeah, dude. Yeah. That film no, that's, was, uh, she was that, so that, sweet too. The noise, the oh will God. live with me forever, dude. <laughs> I mean, definitely one of the scariest films ever yeah, made. Yeah, it was think, right you know? up there. There's man. some really good ones though. Um, uh, don't look now. Have you ever seen that one? I don't think I have. Uh, that's a uh, Donald Sutherland, 1970 odd, uh, and Julie Christie. Uh, weird film, really weird kind of vibe to it. So uh, you should, I, I recommend. It. It's not on Netflix instant, but you can get it sure. through the the mail you know the dvd mail right yeah through netflix but it's it's creepy creepy weird film and it's it's a bunch of different films all kind of tied together almost they lose their daughter at the start and then it turns into this kind of it's a semi-romantic kind of melodrama between the couple and then it kind of takes very strange turns into the psychic world um serial killer i mean like i said it's a bunch of and it's it will seriously the last few 10 minutes you'll just go it'll be this it'll be just like this what the fuck right yeah is going on sure. that's your response that's the response it's yeah. a guarantee man All right. i mean okay. and it's so don't look now donald sutherland uh yeah it's it's a it's an interesting film so mm. um but yeah we're gonna have jill here and um, hopefully you know she'll be contributing you know to at least every show or every other show depending on her schedule she's travels around an awful lot to like different horror uh, conventions and uh, she does a lot of different things you know connected to you know to horror movies in in in, in Kansas City and outside so uh, I think she's going to be great fun and uh, we'll hopefully have her yeah here we're looking and, forward to it that's yeah, gonna and, um, it's gonna be good yeah so that's just something for uh for us to look forward to I guess yeah it's perfect so um and then Jill had recommended uh I see this small independent film uh too which I did last night yeah um uh little known I had to seek out a theater to find it. Yeah. Uh, called uh, The Evil Dead. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like a remake, I guess. Oh. 
But, uh, a remake of a remake. Yeah. Um, uh, so I did watch that last night. Okay. Um, and what were your thoughts? Um, what What were your expectations going into it, first of all? Well, I saw... I love that film originally, The First Evil Dead. And the, the film second, or the series? I love the, most of the series. Medieval Dead, Evil Dead 3, I wasn't a huge fan of. I think they kind of overdid it a little bit. Sure, you know? yeah. They, um, yeah. And it wasn't scary. It was no, kind of funny. It was. Know? And I don't even think it was an R-rated movie. or At least in Ireland it wasn't. I think it was 15s. It was definitely, you know, you'd gone from the extreme, extreme of the Evil Dead and what was happening in that film to this, which is more of a comic book film. Right, almost. yeah, yeah. Um, so I wasn't really a fan of that, you know. But um, I love, the second one's probably my favorite one of the, of the bunch, Evil Dead 2, because it's just, it's just, it's, you know, it's it's a remake of that first film. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> we have a few more bucks. Let's, right. Uh, it's yeah. some more money. Right. And, and I liked the kind of direction it took it became it because it almost created that kind of um gore splatter comic film you know like right. he became like a superhero in the movie almost ash did absolutely did yeah. and and he that was the first um, that i can remember the first time that had happened it would it had taken this very serious film and it, it kind of started it, it almost started with like a wink in its eye a little bit and you know I, I really oh, yeah. really appreciate that so was this one the same way then was there I mean, no was there no no protagonist no and a clear like yes and, okay. and honestly there was very few breaks for, for brevity it was very intense and it was I mean graphic probably one of the most graphic films I've seen in the movie theater. so it wasn't like a shot for shot remake no but not just at all better budget better acting better. no I mean different story different characters um, roughly around the same well in the second one there was only two right there was only ash and his girlfriend oh right yeah rather but in the first one there was there was multiple a group, characters yeah. but uh, and it was a group again um the house didn't the house didn't seem to have as much of a presence i felt like in the first one the house was almost a presence itself you know sure i mean evelyn presence um but um there was definitely some nods to you know it still looked the same though and um, there's definitely some nods to the the original movie um, you know, obviously Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell being producers of that this yeah. film. So, but it was good. But Jesus Christ, it was very intense in places, <laughs> and and like I said, super graphic. Scary um, or suspenseful? Um, scary. Yeah, definitely jumpy. Yeah. You know, I jumped three or four times, and that's good. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, I covered my face up a few times too. I mean, I'm sure there's a scale. Like, many times you cover your face up, oh, three. Okay. That's oh, good. all right. Okay. Many yeah. times you jump, that's four. Okay, that's good. Right. You know, like in a comedy, main time. Yeah, but I, I laughed jumped, it loud four times. Oh, I jumped, you know, half a dozen times in like Jurassic Park, what you consider a scary movie. <laughs> right. Well, no, this is definitely not Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'd say I saw the ad for it a couple of months ago. I remember watching it going, geez, this, guy, this film's going to be fucked up. Right. And it was. I mean, yeah, well, good. it, it lived it, up yeah. to that. And sure. Yeah, they, they did some things that I hadn't seen before. And, um, you know, it didn't. It went by fairly quickly. Right. I didn't get too bored. Did um, you see Kevin in the Woods? I did see Kevin in the Woods, yeah. Yeah. What did you think of that? Um, I, I liked it. I mean, uh, you know, I think it, you could see it was a Joss Whedon film. I mean, sure. it was um, a little bit different. Uh, you know, big sense of humor. Um, mm. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it was weird, too, in a way. You know, and, I, and I'm not too sure about the ending either. I mean, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I think yeah. it was, for what it was, it was, it was entertaining. Surprisingly entertaining. Um, and still light like I thought yeah. it was relatively light so Evil Dead you wouldn't say was the evil no, light God no okay. not all at right. all I so mean it's I full on yeah it's full on like in your face gore splash right. so um, but but definitely worth checking out I mean um, they did they, there was nods to certain things like people getting their hands cut off um, chainsaws 
and then that which I was really happy about this one thing where they had that moving through the woods quickly camera and shot sure. oh, you yeah. know that the presence was coming you know that was they did all that so okay. they did some of the things that I really really thought that Sam Raimi kind of you know if you think about it, revolutionized almost because Absolutely, you know yeah. for he had zero money so how do you make you know something really scary when you don't see it you know yeah so you just you know he just moved a camera through the forest in, in some fog and suddenly he had this super scary monster you never really saw and it was really that was I mean that's there brilliant. are allusions to that that's yeah. brilliant guerrilla filmmaking yeah, yeah, so good. and they, they they did that you know good. they kept doing that kind of stuff good but obviously the effects were like ramped up it's on my list I would recommend staying through the credits okay there is a little tiny bit at the end I won't spoil you know if anyone's listening um. Uh, I think it's worth staying th- through the end. Um, uh, towards the end of the credits, they start kind of wrapping up with that whole recording that was in the first few movies. Do they have shawarma? Um, I'm not going to say. Okay, I, I, right, I mean, I just think you should uh, you should stick around till the credits are over. It's about a five second bit after, and I, like for me, it was well worth it. So okay, so that's the Evil Dead. But um, that kind of uh, takes us to a kind of a different segment that we're going to do. And we're going to try and do this once a week or once every other week, depending on how it works. And um, um, it's what I'm calling uh, movies I love that were shit. So okay. that's pretty much what we're going to call this segment. All right. And I have no idea what movie you're about to lay on. Me. Right. So basically okay. what I'm going to do is talk about a movie that I really like that was really shit. That generally people thought, oh, that was a really shit movie. Okay. Either whether it was, you know, just panned critically or it was just a shit movie that for whatever reason I saw on that day and I really liked. liked it. Okay. And I continue to like. Okay. Um, and this is a film I saw when I was really, really young. It was actually in a... When I was a little kid back home, it was actually a double bill. We went to see The Aristocrats in the movie theater, and we didn't get in with my family. <laughs> so instead, we, we okay. my dad took us to the local cinema uh, outside where we lived, and uh, we saw a movie called The Shape of Things to Come, and this film was a double bill. And this film is Battle Beyond the Stars. Uh, right. <laughs> they, that was actually in the theater? It was in the movie theater. Wow. In so I, don't, I don't know that they ever, um, that that was ever... In the th- man, we loved our Roger Corman over there. Oh I guess. boy, that'll be on the stars. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen it recently? Um, I have seen it recently because it, it was on Netflix for a minute. Yeah, it's still on there. It's still on there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's still on instant play. Yeah, you know, it's it, for me. It's it's transcended. You okay, know? so how how old were you? Just oh God, like I don't know. just roughly like between the Eight, ages of seven. Okay, all right, all right. Maybe that's young. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I still remember, you know. Um, right. So but, Star Wars is fresh in your brain. Right. Probably Empire maybe hey, that summer. Star Wars was fresh in everybody's brain, and that's why films like this got fucking right, made. Right. Battlestar Galactica, because everyone wanted to cash in on that. Right. And Roger Corman being the Mr. Exploitation, I mean, he wasn't going to be left behind. Sure. And he cashed in on this. And this was actually the highest budget he'd ever had for a film. It was like $2 million he made it for. Um, and he went to town on this. So, um, and it made a bunch of money, and it continues to make money. How? How? Is it making money? That's what I want to know. No, okay, it's but, great. Okay. Um, but Battle Beyond the Stars, um, based on the Magnificent Seven, which was then, of course, which was obviously, of course, based on um, Akira Kurosawa's Seven, Seven Samurai. Samurai. Right. So, cool thing about Roger Corman, he's a smart fucker. Um, he took a great story and then put it in space. Sure, that's what he did. Yeah. Um, also smart because he got he had people working for him like uh, James Cameron, uh, Gail Ann Hurd, who actually met in that film and, and then of course married and then went on to make the Terminator and right, yeah. um, the Abyss and Aliens together you know before they broke up um, but they they Cameron created a lot of the scenes and a lot of the, the special effects okay well first of all before uh, we get too further for people who may not know briefly summarize the plot of the okay. movie it's about well it's if you've seen The Magnificent Seven you've kind of seen Battle Beyond the Stars it's right. about these 
this malevolent force who was actually uh, the the bad guy Sador is played by John Saxon who was uh, was also in films like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street right he would play Nancy's father uh, or Enter the Dragon yeah uh, um, but uh, uh, underused actor I thought I was, sure, he was yeah, really yeah, cool yeah. man he, yeah. he could play cool he could play a good guy and he could also play bad guy a la Battle Beyond the Stars so he plays Sador of uh, the Malmori they showed up at this planet and they're okay. like a totalitarian they regime. Are they just like, kind of take you know, over. Like the Empire. And right. they're going to take over and they're going to take over this planet. And like, you're on there, but we're taking it over. You're going to be our slaves. Right. So what they do is, um, the people on this planet, and the planet's called Akir, which is obviously a direct nod to Akira Kurosawa. Right. And they send this one guy out who is actually Richard Thomas. And his name is Shad in the movie. And Richard Thomas is John, John Boy Walton. Right? Yeah. That's who well, I knew him from. And I, when I saw the show too, I was like, that's John That's Boy. John Boy Walton, yeah. That's weird. Yeah. And I, I think even to me, to my small mind, I was like, that's almost lost some credibility now because sure. it's John Boy. I can't take him seriously. He's not yeah, really, le- he's not a leading man. He's no Harrison Ford or Mark Hamill, you know. But that's what they were going for. Right. So they sent him out to the stars to kind of create, you know, to gather. We need help. Some kind of go force. Get, go help us. Yeah. To help us against the Mamori. You sure. Know? And and he goes about recruiting people, just like the Magnificent Seven. Right. And he recruits some interesting people. Uh, he recruits Robert Vaughn. Yep, Robert Vaughn. Uh, whose name in the film was Gelt, um, which was modeled directly after Lee, who, because he was in the, he was actually in the Magnificent Seven. Right. So this, so basically, Robert Vaughn plays himself from the Magnificent Seven in Battle Beyond the Stars. Right. Yeah. They lifted some dialogue from the Magnificent Seven and put it in Battle Beyond the Stars. <laughs> I mean, it, it was couldn't be more blatant than that. Sure. Yeah. Robert Vaughn's in it. Uh, John Saxon, like I said, was in it as Sador. Uh, he had George Papard was in it. Yes, he was. I mean, and you know, George yeah. Papard, and I believe that most of the, the, the budget went on paying Robert Vaughn and George Papard, you know, because they demanded like X amount, amount of salary, you know. Right. Um, uh, but George Papard was, <laughs> his name was Cowboy in it. Oh, yeah. Of course he was Cowboy. Of course. He drank yeah. whiskey. He watched old movies. Yeah. In his little spaceship. Which was like a, like a, tractor trailer like like it was a, like, like a tractor trailer yeah. and uh he was actually um moving munitions from one place to another right to a different planet the sador destroyed so he had all these you know this load then that didn't need to get delivered so he did end up delivering it to right. akir so they could use to fight the mamori but uh you know he had a cowboy hat and he, when he communicated it was a cb radio yeah it was so, yeah yeah i mean you know and he was from earth though he was from earth and it was funny because he was like oh i'm from a place called earth and that no one knew who, where the fuck right, Earth yeah, was. No one so we were like, oh, we live on Earth when we were little kids, whatever. But um, so Roger Corman production, they had the coolest um, uh, big weapon in this. It wasn't a Death Star. It was called a Stellar Converter. And basically what it did was it turned your planet into a sun. So it didn't destroy your planet. It just turned it into a sun. Right. Which is kind of bizarre. I mean, physically. I mean... You're, we're not going to destroy it. We're going to turn it into a sun. I mean, obviously, and if you stick around, you're going to be sure, sun yeah. people. Um, but uh, yeah, st- but but stellar converter. Oh, what, what what would that do? Would that convert us to a sun? Maybe <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, really basic. But but like I said, it had some brilliant people working on this. Like because that's what Roger Corman did. He surrounded himself with these brilliant people. He became, you know, mega stars in the movie industry. Like Cameron, like Galen Hurd, and um, James Horm- Horner was the first film he ever scored. Yeah. Um. Uh, and you know, obviously, as I said earlier on, it was it was so Corman could cash in on Star Wars. You know, and he ended up selling, reselling the stock footage that he used to multiple different B movies. Oh yeah, from, for, for sure. years later. I mean, that yeah, guy I almost, remember he seeing the scenes in the, the spaceship that uh, he made a bunch of money from. This yeah, film. yeah. 
he would always see him like and even sound effects and things like battle battlestar galactic like, oh, that, wasn't that in battle beyond the stars but it was because they this this is the one that they all kind of ripped off in a way right after you know he ripped off it was a lot cheaper to buy it from battle beyond the stars than it was to, <laughs> yeah. right but um the and the fellow who wrote it was john sales he wrote this diamond of the film john sales who also wrote uh, the howling eight men out uh Clown of the Cave Bear, <laughs> what a terrible film that was. Uh, the Secret of Rowan Inish, uh, Irish and shit. Uh, Piranha, and but he also wrote, he wrote, wrote and directed Lone Star too, which yeah. got nominated for Academy, for some Academy Awards. So, um, probably best known for uh, uh, the Brother from Another Planet. Have you ever seen that? Oh yeah, Chance Hill yeah, that too. Yeah. So, um, uh, but one of the weirdest things um, about this film that I found out was that the director was a guy called uh, Jimmy. T. Uh, Murakami and he wasn't he didn't really make an awful lot of films after this um, not live action but he made some animated films Okay. he directed The Snowman have you ever seen that? A Christmas time? that I have I, I grew up watching this film okay. uh, it was uh, wait was it Frosty the Snowman? no okay. it's just All called right. The Snowman right. and it's it's available it's out there on Netflix and it's out there on DVD and, and I, I tend to watch it every year on Christmas time huh it's called the snowman it's about it's a it's a silent cartoon okay it's about half an hour long um it's got a narration by david bowie it's got um a, it's about a boy and a snowman he flies off to visit santa claus and oh, it's got yeah, this song it's yeah. a very christmasy song for me called walking in the air by a little dude called alan jones but anyway this dude this jimmy t guy he directed the snowman like three years after he directed about me on the stars well what else is he gonna do yeah and then he made uh um when the Wind Blows. Oh, yeah. In like 86. Sure. And uh, that was with Sir John Mills and Dame Peggy Ashcroft, and which was also nominated for uh, Best Animated Film, I think, in the camera, which was a very dark, bleak take on, um, you know, people growing older and not understanding the world and then nuclear war. Right. And it, I mean, if you've oh, yeah. never seen it's oh, a no, heartbreaking it little film. It really is. So he went from making Battle Beyond the Stars with Nell the Talking Computer Ship and John Boy Walton to making When the Wind Blows a cartoon about nuclear war and the, you know, why we shouldn't Very blow each other up. Yeah. So, man, I mean, you, you talk about your career taking different directions. And I think that's probably one of the last things he's made. He made some other Christmas film, but I mean, he's nothing else of real note. Since but, um, you know, Bal Beyond the Stars, man. Um, like I said, it's movie. It's a movie that I love, but that is it's shit. It's kind of shit. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty it's shit. It's kind of shit. But it's a great film. Yeah. I recommend if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. Sure. Oh yeah, it's available um, on Netflix. So to kind of wrap, we're starting to wrap this up. We're probably we're going to do a, a segment probably the next time we get together. Yeah, where we're going to do we're going to look at the films that are coming up. Um, this because 2013 is meant to be a pretty big year yeah. for like sci-fi and sci-fi oriented movies yeah. and uh, like fantasy and you know movies that have that kind of element to it. So there's a smorgasbord of them available, and you know not all of them are going to be amazing. No, some of them are going to be shit. Some of them are going to be shit. So, so we're going to do a, a little segment that we're going to call, before we've seen any of these films, before it's all be, it begins, we're going to call it uh, Shit or Not Shit. Right. So we're going to go through the films and maybe talk a little bit about each one and that we pick out maybe 10 or so a piece. And then once we've seen them, when the summer's over and this whole thing ends... We'll come back, we'll reconvene and we'll right. see how close we were. Right. Yeah. So what we what we actually think right now and, and what might come to be. So Yeah. But I think that's about it. We're kind of done for today, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's um, been good. It's been good. Thanks for listening if you did. and uh, Please make sure you come um, like us on Facebook, uh, Headspace Invaders, and then uh, follow us on Twitter uh, at 
H Base Invaders. Yeah. yeah. And then uh I'm B, David. B number twenty seven. B number twenty seven. Hey, can yeah. I be number twenty seven? No, I want to be number eleven. I think you're number one, actually. <laughs> I, think. I, think I am so. number one. Yeah, you are number That's one. That's right. Yeah. You're number two. I'm number, I'm number two. Well anyway, this is David and And I'm Adam. And uh thanks for listening. Good luck. Yeah.